What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian. I'm Joe and Nick. What's going on, guys? All right. Once again, we have a lot to talk about, so we're just going to go right into football. 100%. So, uh, you know, if for more in-depth look at football, we did start up a new podcast called the NFL Universe. Uh, we pretty much cover every game pretty in-depth. Um, Wednesdays come out, uh, new, new podcasts come out every Wednesday and Friday. Might be a little bit different because it is Christmas this week. We have to work that out. But that being said, I am going to go through every game, just probably a little bit less in depth, just trying to cover everything. Um, pick a few games to talk a little bit more about. But without further ado, uh, first game of the week was Chargers Raiders. Chargers went at 30 to 27. Um, you know, pretty bad coaching on both sides of the ball. Uh, Chargers win it by the talent of Justin Herbert. Uh, pretty tough. Lynn's on the hot seat. Uh, yeah, you know, Raiders, uh, who knows where they are. Uh, it doesn't really mean much in terms of longevity because both teams are likely not to make the playoffs at this point, but uh, that's that. Uh, next thing we had the Bills and Broncos. Bills blow out the Broncos. I thought the Broncos were going to be a little more competitive in this game, but uh, they just weren't. The Bills team is so good. In my opinion, they're a top two team, top three team in the NFL. This Bills team is a real deal, and I think they have a real shot at winning the Super Bowl. Um, and, and this Broncos team still has more work to do. Obviously, Drew Locke still has to progress. They still have to get back from injury. I like this Broncos team. They're just – they're not ready to win anything yet. Um, weren't going to make the playoffs anyway, so not that big of a deal. Um, we saw the Panthers and Packers. Uh, Packers went at 24-16. to 16. Uh, You know, not a perfect game for the Packers, but uh, they continue to be as hot as they are. Um, probably the best team possibly in the NFC, uh, you know, between them and, you know, who else. Um, so, yeah, Packers went at 24-16. to 16. Not much to talk about it there. You know, Packers – uh, good team. Panthers still rebuilding. Um, you know, will they stay with Teddy Bridgewater? CMC has been out for I don't know how long now. So it's, it's it's been a rough ride for the Panthers. But again, new head coach, uh, pretty much a new regime there. So, uh, you know, look for them to continue to advance in the future. The fact that they were able to put up a, sort of, such a contested game in 16 and 24, um, it's, it's not a terrible for the Panthers. Um, going on from there, we had Texans Colts. Colts win it uh, by the Texans fumbling again on, on, you know, losing it by a fumble again. Uh, this Texas team is a mess, in my opinion. They're really Deshaun Watson and just a bunch of rag team, rag, rag team. You know, I just – Texans really need a rebuild, and it stinks because Deshaun Watson is such a talented young quarterback. They, they should be able to put themselves in position to win, but Bill O'Brien did so much damage there. It just it really hurts them. The Colts side of things, you know, they're pretty good. I think, again, I think they're one Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is still do- solid, but his arm just isn't the same, and I really think he holds, holds the team back um, in terms of what they can do with that offense passing-wise. So – I think, you know, move, play, replacing him, I still, I think Colts are going to make the playoffs, but um, I don't think they're going to go very far. Replacing him needs to be one of their key uh, factors moving into the next season, I think. Um, next game, we have the Lions-Titans. thought this one was going to be a little more competitive, too. Titans win 46-25. Um, I was talking about their Titans is a lot better team. Lions are a mess. They're still in search of a head coach. Uh, Derrick Henry is an absolute monster. No doubt about that. Titans are, again, one of those teams that I think could be really competitive in the playoffs due to their impressive run game. Um, next game, we have Bears-Vikings. Bears won 33-27. to uh, Back-to-back couple weeks so now with uh, Mitch Trubisky really putting in some good games. I have to give him credit. I mean, it wasn't spectacular here. 202 yards, one touchdown, one reception, but 15 for 20, 21. Um, not typical terribleness we see from Mitch Trubisky. And then, you know, when you get as hot as David Montgomery's been, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, really helps them win these past couple games. Vikings, on the other hand, you know, they're slowly losing their playoff spot. Um, Dalvin Cook did sell 132 yards, one touchdown. Um, and then Kirk Cousins, 271 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, you know, not, not much to go off of there. Justin Jefferson, another 100-yard game. In my opinion, Justin Jefferson really deserves – if I had to pick rookie of the year, 
I'd go Justin Jefferson. Probably going to be a quarterback because it's just how it goes. But I think Justin Jefferson has been absolutely spectacular. And the way he's playing, he, he you know, if he was to keep the pace that he is for this season, for the rest of his career and continue to grow, you know, he could be the next Jerry Rice. Like he, he, he has been that impressive this year. Um, you know, possible to tell whether he's going to be able to improve or put up the same numbers, but uh, just trying to put in perspective of how good of a year he has had. Um, Seattle, we had Seattle Seahawks versus Washington. Seattle takes a 20 to 15. Um, this team is, is in disarray, Washington. Uh, you know, they're, they're good and they have potential. It's just they can never capitalize on, on everything they need. You know, Alex Smith down with a calf injury. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, pretty terrible. 295 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, just came out in the news that he was out at a club. Um, typical, you know, James Harden type club. You know what clubs I'm talking about. Um, without a mask. Uh, my likely going to go on pro, pro, uh, COVID protocol, which I don't know who they have behind them at quarterback at this point. I, I'm not sure. I forget who they have. I think they had a third quarterback on the roster. I can't remember who it was. Um, but obviously, if they don't have one, they're going to pull somebody from the practice squad. It might be in a similar situation with the Broncos. We're going to have to scramble and find a quarterback for the week. Um, you know, pretty bad there. Logan Thomas, good week for him, 100, 101 yards. Um, but the Seahawks, you know, as hard as they were at the beginning of the season, they have kind of fell off over time. 121 yards, one touchdown, one interception for Russell Wilson. Not the same quarterback we really saw at the beginning of the season. The offense has slowed down. An offensive line, its its inconsistencies has really shown throughout the season. Um, it's going to be especially difficult when you go against such a, a talented D line that the the you know Washington has. And although you know they didn't completely tear them up in terms of sack numbers, I think uh, pressure really matters, um, especially in this game. Um, so moving on from there, we had the. Dolphins and Patriots, which I think is one of the games I really want to highlight. Um, you know, this game was pretty back and forth. Dolphins went to 22 to 12, but uh, don't let that fool you. This game was pretty close all the way throughout. Um, and I think it really shows that there's a, there's a switch in the NFL. Uh, Patriots moved to six and eight. They are now eliminated from the playoffs for the first time, I think, in 12 years it was. Um, Cam Newton is extremely inconsistent at quarterback. Doesn't really have the arm or knowledge to really drive this Patriots team to be a playoff team. Um, you know, I, I don't know if the Patriots are going to take a quarterback in this next draft because it seems, you know, one of the things that I formulated about the Patriots with Bill Belichick's last draft is he's more, he's more focused on filling depth and building a good team around a quarterback for a draft a quarterback. So you saw him take Kyle Duggar in the second round, multiple tight ends, you know, deaf players, talented players that can develop, hopefully develop by the time they do take in a talented quarterback. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, where the Patriots fall. They might go take like a pitch from Florida. Uh, take a really nice tight end um, to really fill out that roster. Uh, but obviously Cam Newton, I don't think is the answer. And they definitely need to, they need talent across the board. And it really makes me question how long Bill Belichick has left in the NFL. Is he going to try and stick it out through another, do another rebuild? Or is he going to call it quits? Cause it's just season obviously is down now down the drain. They're not in the best position to get a top tier quarterback. Um, but they're also not winning. So they're in a tough spot um, on the Dolphin side of things Tua struggled a bit. Uh, typical of a rookie quarterback against the Patriots. Bill Belichick is really good at taking care of rookie quarterbacks. 145 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, 20 for 26. Not terrible for Tua, don't get me wrong, but you know, Tua's had better games. Um, Ahmed did pretty good for the rushing-wise. So did Matt Breida. They both had pretty good games. Um, 122 yards, one touchdown for Ahmed, and then 86 yards rushing. And don't forget, Tua also had two rushing touchdowns. So, you know, passing-wise, was more struggle for him, but he was able to get into the end zone um, twice rushing. 
Um, but I think more to talk about is this Dolphins defense is really, really solid. I mean, one of the best defenses in the league, you know, only put up three sacks, which I mean, three sacks is a pretty solid number. Um, but compared to how the Dolphins have been playing, you know, this Dolphins defense just has a lot of talent, a lot of young developing talent, and it's all coming together this season. Um, and if it continues to go to in the future, this is going to be, again, Miami Dolphins versus the Bills for a long, long time. Um, Patriots are definitely going to have to rebuild. Um, moving on from there, Jaguars, Ravens. Ravens went 40 to 14. Lamar Jackson knows he needs to pretty much win out if he wants the playoff spot. Um, and they definitely took care of the Jaguars there. Uh, Buccaneers beat the Falcons 31 to 27. Uh, another one of those games where the Falcons just blow leads. This, this franchise is cursed. You know, they're up uh, 17, I believe, or what is it? I think it was 24 to 7 at one point, um, about the third quarter. Uh, you see one of the images captured from the game was like Brady with his head down. And it was almost identical to what happened in the Super Bowl when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And the Falcons wound up coming back. You know, the Falcons, uh, sorry, the Buccaneers rather came back, put up 21 points in the third quarter, 10 in the fourth. Um, you know, Tom Brady just doing what he does, especially against those Falcons. Tom Brady, 390 yards, two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette with a pretty solid game, 49 yards, but two touchdowns. Um, Antonio Brown got his first touchdown of the, of, of the season. Um, Chris Godwin also got a touchdown, 110 yards receiving for Mike Evans, 93 for Antonio Brown. A pretty solid game receiving-wise. And then that defense, he saw Devin White with a monstrous three sacks. Um, so that was pretty good day for him, and that really helped them come back against the Falcons. Um, next, next we have the 49ers and the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys win 41 to 33. I don't think this game really says much other than the 49ers are really banged up and the Cowboys are just a better team right now. Um, Nick Mullins, pretty rough game for him. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, on the Cowboys side of things, Andy Dalton had another okay game, 209 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, Andy Dalton's enough to get the job done, I think, especially with how talented that offense is. Um, and they get it done here. Um, another thing is Raheem Mostert went down with a high ankle sprain. He's going to be done for the year. Uh, never going to pick him in fantasy again because he's just constantly injured. It's really frustrating. Good, talented running back. Just had such a bad injury bug. Um, next game we have is the Eagles Cardinals. Cardinals win it 33 to 26, which I figured the Cardinals were going to win it by a small amount. Cardinals keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, Eagles, again, not bad for a loss, I think, because they're not going to make the playoffs. Pretty much the Eagles don't really have too much of a shot at this point, um, especially with Washington where they are and the Giants ahead of them as well. I think it's it's positive for the Eagles to lose so they can get a better draft pick. But what this game really was great for was watching Jalen Hurts. 338 yards, three touchdowns, 20 for four, 24 for 44. Not the most accurate, but productive nonetheless. And I think Jalen Hurts – um, you know, as long as he can play, he's like, continues to play like he did last week and this week, he's going to be the franchise quarterback for at least the next year or so um, until something else happens in terms of, you know, he falls off or they decide to replace him for whatever reason. Um, you know, I'm just really impressed with Jalen Hurts has put forward so far. Um, and I, it, again, it bows the Eagles more time to pick another quarterback because they can take this draft and go build a depth um, where they need a lot elsewhere. It push off getting a quarterback to later at the very minimum, um, you know, best case scenario, he becomes the franchise quarterback. Worst case scenario, he buys him an extra year. So really good situation there for the Eagles. Um, and then Kyler Murray, three touchdowns, one interception, but 406 yards. A pretty incredible game from him. 169 yards from DeAndre Hopkins there and then one touchdown from him. So DeAndre Hopkins obviously had a great game. Um, but covers the Eagles and the Cardinals. Uh, moving on to the Jets. Jets win their first game. They beat the Rams 23 to 20. Not much to say about this game other than what are the Rams doing? I mean, how do you lose to the to the Jets as bad as they did? I, mean, I know the score is 20 to 23, but the, pretty much a lot of those touchdowns are scored in the late game. 
Um, you know, the Jets came out of this one booming. They were up 13 to three at one point. Um, and then and then some, it was like 20 to almost 23. I can't remember the exact score how it panned out. I know they were up 13 to three at one point. Um, but I mean, the Jets just completely dominated this game from the start. You know, the, the Rams did make somewhat of a comeback, but I don't understand why the Jets would choose to play this good right now against a team that like the Rams, that they could have easily just sold the game to and say, ah, oh, the Rams are a lot better than us, a lot more talented, a lot better every game. I don't, they decide to win and the Jets opportunity to get uh, Trevor Lawrence is a great stake. Now, you know, right now they're currently placed the second overall pick and we all know the Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. If they stay at one, um, you know, the Jets got to lose out and pray to God that the Jaguars uh, win a game a or B the Jets are going to have to send a trade package to the Jaguars, which based upon the Jaguars situation, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say is impossible. The Jets are going to trade a lot though. You know, Sam Darnold, I'd say like Sam Darnold, Marcus May, the second overall pick, and then some maybe. That's how valuable Trevor Lawrence is. Again, Trevor Lawrence is one of the best quarterback prospects to ever enter into the NFL. Again, he's up there with um, uh, like an Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. You know, those type of guys are just their college records and all the way from high school, very talented quarterbacks, great sheet, uh, great on paper, right, Because because they've been winners, they've won championships. Um, Clemson is poised to win another championship this year. They very much could. It's, I think it's between them and Alabama, but um, or maybe Ohio State. But you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why Jets would win this one. Brian, do you have any comments? I definitely do. Um, so uh, there's a few things I wanted to say. First off, I mean, it's a, it, I was watching. I was watching the whole game actually, and um, actually, no, I started the second quarter when I saw that they were winning, and I was like. I mean, it sucks that I have to be a fan that's, like, rooting for my team to lose. Um, but that's what, it, that's what it was. And it kept on getting – it got worse, like, in terms of the Jets actually winning the game. And then the Rams started to come back a little bit. I was like, okay, you know, maybe the Rams figured it out. And then they ended up losing to the Jets. And, like, all these thoughts are going through my head about Trevor Lawrence and everything like that. And I was talking to my brother and my dad, who are both big Jets fans as well. And, you know, they were saying, like, typical Jets, they can't do the right thing, um, lose a game, and obviously that's true. Um, I mean, one thing to consider, a lot of these players on the Jets are playing for, like, contracts, so it's obvious they're going to play their hearts out because, I mean, you don't want to be a part of an 0-13 team. And um, there's no person on that team that wants – like, that is willing to lose to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you just look at Sam Darnold's playing for a contract. If he wants to have any – uh, future in the NFL, he needed to show something. Um, and I mean, a lot of people are saying now that they might be out on Trevor Lawrence, Sam Darnold comes back into the picture for the Jets, which is very true. And that's something I kind of want to discuss. Um, but before I get there, um, just like another minor thing. So a lot of the Jets players like uh, Becton, um, I think Adam Gase had something to say, like, if, if you're, if you were rooting for us to lose, you're not real fans and things like that. And I mean, that's kind of like what they have to say, but like they have to understand, like for us to be fans, you have to show us a reason to root for you. And they've shown nothing this season to give us a reason to root for them to have success other than get Trevor Lawrence at the end of the season. And we had that and we were, we, we were like happy watching our team crumble. It seemed like, and then they throw out a game against the Rams where they had the perfect opportunity to lose. And I've went, so it just, their whole idea that you're not a real fan. I mean, I, I guess that's the right thing to say, but if you're a Jets fan and you're rooting for them to lose, don't worry. You are a real Jets fan. Um, 
before I get into like my bigger discussion is, so I was, I've, I've looked through, so the Jaguars play um, the Bears next, and I don't remember the other team. I just remember the Bears because that's like a winnable game for the Jaguars somewhat. And so, I mean, all the Jets need to lose out, the Bears need to, the Jaguars need to beat the Bears basically, and then the Jets have let Trevor Lawrence again. Um, and just going based off your comment, if the Jets would have to, what type of package they'd have to make for Trevor Lawrence, in all honesty, like, I don't want them to make a trade package for Trevor Lawrence. It just becomes a worse and worse situation. Like you had the opportunity to get him. He just lost. And then you have to give up even more. Um, I mean, if, if it's centered around Sam Darnold and their second overall pick, that's not terrible because obviously there's no use for Sam Darnold, but they'd have to re-sign Sam Darnold to trade him in the deal. Um, but my bigger thing is like, what do the Jets do now? Um, do Let's say they do end up with a second overall pick. Do they take someone like, it's Justin Fields, right? You could take Justin Fields. He's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really between Justin Fields or drafting a team around Sam Darnold that you can actually give Sam Darnold a chance to have success. Um, and right now the Jets have the opportunity to sign Sam Darnold for a very cheap deal and kind of make him a lifetime Jet if they really wanted to. Um, I I don't know what the situation would be, but if, if I was making that decision, I want to totally move on from Sam Darnold. Listen, I know Justin Fields doesn't compare to Trevor Lawrence in terms of what they did in college and his overall talent. But I mean, there's so many examples that you see time and time again of players that just didn't do well in college or didn't do well enough to have, be a top five pick and turn into great careers. Patrick Mahomes is the top quarterback in the league right now. He was not a top five pick. Um, Tom Brady's like the all-time example. So there's still opportunities for the Jets to succeed in the draft. And you can't say for sure that Trevor Lawrence is going to turn into the player that everyone accepts, expects him to. I'm sure he will, but if he goes to another team besides the Jets. But that's basically what I'm saying. If you're a Jets fan, there's still other things for the Jets to do. Yes, it sucks that they're out on Trevor Lawrence right now because they have a second overall pick. But don't get your hopes completely up, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And with that being said, like, again, they could take Justin Fields, who I think is significantly not as good as Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? Doesn't have the same uh, standards that he has, but still a really talented quarterback. I think another option for them is maybe go Penny Sewell. Uh, Sewell, I, I struggle with his name. I will get it down eventually. I had trouble with it on the other podcast, but, um, you know, extremely talented offensive lineman for the Oregon Ducks. And I just think, right, you know, right. I, I think, you know, if you put him and Becton together, uh, he started to build an extremely good offensive line. I mean, Becton should have made the Pro Bowl this year. He was that good. Um, so, you know, I think if you put them together, you have both both of them at offensive tackle, maybe sign some offensive linemen, you know, put some people together. You could have such a talented offensive line and maybe give Sam Darnold another extra boost, um, see what goes there, and then draft a quarterback. Or you could even go wait till the second, third rounds because you could see, like, people like Kyle Trask or, you know, maybe fall to the second round or maybe Mac Jones. You know, obviously – not as talented as, again, Trevor Lawrence, but still options there. What's the next year's draft class in terms of quarterbacks? Is it a good one? Is it a bad I am honestly not aware of that yet. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say – I know Spencer Rattler is a freshman this year, and he's one of the one of the guys that's being looked at for Oklahoma. Um, but I'm not I'm not honestly – I haven't been tracking, like, next year's quarterbacks, but we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think there's a lot of wide receiver talent in this draft, too. The stack, the wide receiver, I mean, Jamar Chase, Treston Smith, um, 
no, am I saying Tristan Smith? I forget. I forget his first name. But uh, Jalen Waddle. Um, oh, it's, I think it's Preston Smith. Yeah, it's no, 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 no. Uh, Alabama receiver. Why? I am struggling on his first name. Um, Alabama receiver Devonta Smith. Uh, why am I struggling with his first name? Whatever. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, again, really deep at wide receiver too. But I don't think the Jets are exactly in need of a wide receiver. But um, with that being said, moving on from there, Chiefs Saints. Chiefs win this one, thirty-two to twenty-nine. Uh, great game, Pat Mahomes, two hundred fifty-four yards, three touchdowns. Really solid game from him. Hilaire goes down with an injury. Bell went down, down with an injury in this game. I'm not sure what the long term is for them. Um, Drew Brees came back obviously this week. No longer have to rely on Taysom Hill, and I think it made a ma- major difference. Um, Drew Brees, 234 yards, three touchdowns, one reception. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Chiefs, uh, Saints, you know, possible Super Bowl. Uh, the Saints are really good out of the NFC, and again, they have, you know, they have Drew Brees back. I like where this team's going 20, 29 to 32. You can't be mad as a Chief, as a Saints fan with how good the Chiefs are. They're a really competitive game down the line. Um, so again, possible Super Bowl matchup there. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we got the same result where the Chiefs won it, but again, really good game. Next thing we had the Browns and the Giants, a complete blowout there. The Giants just don't look don't look great at all on offense. Can't really move the ball. You know, I've been surprised at Holt McCoy. I'll give him credit. I think he's been pretty solid for the Giants. That offense just doesn't move the ball well enough, though. They don't get in the end zone. You know, they got in the red zone a bunch. They don't score. Once they get in the red zone, they get shut down. It's really it's really tough. Holt McCoy, 221 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um you know, rushing wise, they did not have great game. They got pretty shut down by that by that defense. Very Slayton, seventy four yards, pretty solid game there. And then the Browns side of things, Baker Mayfield again continuing his really good game, uh, his really really good past couple of games where you saw him two hundred ninety seven yards, two touchdowns, uh, really picking it up. Especially where the Giants defense, I think, did a pretty solid job job at stopping the run. Uh, Nishab only had fifty yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cream Hunt twenty one yards. He had Ernest Johnson, Ernest Johnson with twenty four yards. So, you know. A little over 100 yards rushing for the for the Browns, which is atypical of them because they've been so good at running the ball this season. Um, that Giants offense, especially with Daniel Jones, just isn't the same. And then finally, which I think is the biggest game of the week, uh, was Monday Night Football. We had Steelers and the Bengals. The Bengals win this one 27 to 17. The, one of the most more convincing wins that I've seen all year. Bengals absolutely dominated the Steelers first half of the game, and I think it was all defined by when Von Bell Von Bell absolutely cracked Juju Smith Schuster, causing him to fumble. Um, Tudor Smith-Schuster has become infamous this season for dancing on the logos before the game, um, for doing TikTok dances or whatever. Not really a TikTok myself. We do have TikTok, though. Go check it out. Um, but, you know, players don't take kindly to that. You know, it's pretty disrespectful to do that. It's one of the, like, unspoken rules that you just don't do that. And he says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to be myself. And, you know, when the Bengals get to take a chance, you know, I think any team's going to take a shot at trying to lay out Juju Smith-Schuster for that. Bombo had a shot. Caused a fumble, and I think it pretty much defined the entire game. Big Ben was very sloppy with his throws. It did not like how Big Ben played. 170 yards, one touchdown, one reception. Pretty bad game for him. Rushing-wise, they were pretty shut down. Uh, Benny Snell had 84 yards, one touchdown. Not terrible, but I think it's rushing defense for the Bengals is really good. Passing defense is pretty good for the Bengals. Again, Bengals, Bengals looking like a pretty good team there. Um, Ryan Finley, I thought, had a pretty solid game. You know, nothing incredible. I thought he managed the game well. I mean, that's that's all I really needed out of him. 89 yards, one touchdown. Um, Giovanni Bernard, 83 yards rushing, one touchdown. Um, receiving wise, you know, not not a spectacular game. I think offensively, 
for the Bengals, but I think defensively they pretty much shut down that Steelers offense and it made made a world of a difference. Um, you know, the Steelers team went from 11 0 to 11 and 3. I would not be surprised to see them fall to 11 and 5. You know, whether they win the wild card or whether they win their division, I think, you know, personally, you hear it here first from me. I think the Steelers are, are likely to be a first round out in the playoffs. Um, not that they can't win, but it's just, they've been so bad over these past couple games. Um, and the weaknesses in terms of their long passing and their run, running ability uh, has really been exposed. And I don't think it's going to bode well for them in the playoffs. Um, that being said, I just wanted to go over two last things. Um, first of all, NFL standings, right? Going through it, Bills have won the division 11-3 at this point. Uh, and then Dolphins are probably going to take the wild card spot. Uh, Chiefs have won the division. Raiders are probably not going to make the playoffs at this point. Now, Chiefs obviously 13-1. Uh, between the Steelers and the Browns at this point to win the division, uh, Steelers are guaranteed a playoff spot, even if they don't win the division. They won the wild card at better minimum, uh, but the Browns could have taken the division. And then the, the Ravens are also competing for a playoff spot in the wild card. Uh, between the Titans and Colts, there's both 10 and 4 now. Um, Colt Titans have the, the winning uh, uh, record, I think, because they have the tiebreaker. Um, but Colts are likely to make the wild card spot at 10 and 4. Moving off to the, to the NFC. Uh, Washington has it at six and eight. Uh, Giants one game behind at five and nine. So are the Cowboys at five and nine. Um, Giants are on a two game losing streak. Cowboys are on a two game winning streak. Cowboys could but could come back and sweep this. But again, I think they, they might be in position to. The only team I think it's really out of the race is the Eagles. Um, but we'll have to see what happens there. Again, Eagles are four and nine. If, if the Eagles win out and everybody else loses that, I guess the Eagles technically could um, could win the division. I guess because they they have a tie on there. Should be interesting. Um, Seahawks pretty much have the division. They won it at 10 and four. Um, the, the Rams are right behind them at nine and five. Cardinals at eight, six. Those are the guys are in the playoffs runs are, are positioned to win a playoff spot. Uh, Packers are 11 and three. Um, they pretty much got the playoffs. Bears were kind of out of it. Saints at 10 and four, they have a spot. And then the Buccaneers at nine and five possibly have a spot. So those are your standings. Um, two, two weeks left to decide, you know, or two to three, I forget it's week 15. So technically two weeks left, I think, right. Week 17, week 16, week 17, decide who's going to end up where in terms of wild card spots, but divisions are almost all set except the Ravens Browns, uh, and then also the Colts and the Titans and NFC East. I think going on from there, um, one thing else that I wanted to talk about was pro bowl. Uh, the selections were made, even though the pro bowl is not going to be played this year. Um, the, the, you know, they have been chosen, um, so just going through the players off this was starting with the AFC quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, John Watson, uh, running back to Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, wide receiver, Tyree kill, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, AJ Brown, tight end, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, um, fullback, Patrick Ricard, uh, offensive tackle, Laramie Tunsil, uh, Eric Fisher, Orlando Brown, um, guard. So, you know, again, um, I could get to go through the list, but you know, you guys can look it up yourselves at this point. I think it's more talk about. I think it's more talk more important to talk about the snubs. One thing I want did want to talk about the actual roster. Evan Ingram made it on. He's a terrible tight end. Get Hitman man off the list. It really showed me how big of a popularity contest it is, and that's coming from a Giants fan. I'm um, looking at the snubs. What I think is more important to talk about. Uh, James Robinson, spectacular year for the Jaguars, didn't make it. Terry McLaurin didn't make the Pro Bowl. Excellent receiver. Allen Robinson, who's had a great year for the Bears. Robert Tunyon has been an absolute touchdown machine for the Packers. Um, Garrett Bowles, who I think is a great tackle for the Broncos, you know, really came into his own this year. Um, I think he deserves a spot. Um, I think probably the biggest snub of all, Wyatt Teller, guard for the Cleveland Browns, 
best offensive lineman in football this year, and he did not make the playoffs. Um, it's because he's not a big name. You know, Pro Bowl, again, popularity contest, fans vote, um, really tough. DeForest Buckner was one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league, didn't make it for the Colts. Um, Shaquille Barrett, what a great year for the Buccaneers, didn't make it. Um, Devin White, Levante David, neither of them made it. Um, J.C. Jackson, who's been an absolute great corner for the Patriots this year, um, was leading the – I don't know where he stands right now, but I know he was leading the, the cornerbacks in interceptions this year. Um, he was one of the best cornerbacks in the league, um, especially over the past two seasons. And, in fact, he, he didn't make the Pro Bowl either one's pretty sad. Um, Jesse Bates, the third, great year for the Bengals. You know, where is he at a Wake Forest? Um, so I think there's a lot of snubs this year, uh, especially Wyatt Teller. Definitely deserves a spot. Um, with that being said, I think that pretty much covers all of football. Um, and then from there, we'll move on to the NBA. Sure. So the NBA, I'm going to hand over to Brian about halfway through, but, um, you know, not much to talk about the season starting up today. Uh, you know, we pretty much got our first looks at the NBA rookies. LaBella Ball looks pretty good, probably going to struggle to score. Uh, I think that Anthony Edwards still has to work on his playmaking ability. We haven't seen much of James Wiseman. He's been injured. Um, but, you know, season starts today. We'll have to see where it goes. Uh, it broke out this morning that I think uh, – sorry about that. Um, James Harden apparently got into a fight with Jason Tate, who was a rookie at the Rockets, threw a ball at him, I believe it was. Uh, you know, I think reporting yesterday, actually, James Harden, how you feel after, you know, sp- spending a few games with the Rockets. Do you feel any better about the situation? He said, next question. Uh, it's become pretty evident to me that James Harden wants out. Um, with all this news leaking out, uh, he wants out. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded. It's, it's really the only reason he hasn't been traded is the Rockets can't find a trade partner that'll give him adequate compensation. But, um, you know, I think if I think if he stays, I think this Rockets team could be really talented again. I like who they have. I, I, I love Christian Wood. I like DeMarcus Cousins. I like John Wall. I think John James Harden would be a nice piece. Um, not even a piece. He'd be the centerpiece, right? And I think he has a lot of nice pieces around him. I think they could win. I think they win the championship this year if they play the best of their ability. John Wall and you know Demarcus Cousins stay healthy, but uh, James Harden wants out. Let's see what happens, uh, Brian. Yeah. Um, so I have one thing to say about James Harden. I mean, at this point, like teams aren't going to be wanting to like pay for this guy to be on your team. He's become such a headache. And like in the past, when I used to think of James Harden, I, I thought he was like a good player nothing negative about him but now everything I think about him is negative he is starting to just become a headache for the Rockets and I don't know if another team is willing like you said willing to give up enough for him be willing to take on the headache and giving up as much as they're going to have to um so yeah James Harden's becoming I, I don't know what he's doing it's just he's becoming like a crybaby and it's a very selfish move by him um, I think but what I, I wanted to just cut you off there. Um, yeah. I think he's like turning into sort of like an Antonio Brown of the of the NBA, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're super talented. We want you, but if you're going to detract from the locker room and tear down our team, why are we going to trade half our team away from you if you're going to if you're not yeah. going to work well with everybody else? It's not worth it. So, very true. Um, you start, yeah, that's a very good comparison. Um, what I want to talk about mainly is about the Knicks. Obviously, I'm a Knicks fan. If you've been listening for a while, you know I'm a Knicks fan. Um, and there's, like, a lot to look forward to when it comes to the Knicks this season. I don't, They're not going to be good or anything, but um, they have – they're basically their whole team is young players. And when you're a rebuilding team, you want all the young players on your team and you want them to be playing. What the Knicks and it seems like a lot of other teams do is 
they're a rebuilding team, but they're not willing to go all the way and just let their young players play. I mean, Frank Gore with the Jets, they have other options at running back, but Adam Gase, who we know isn't a good head coach, continues to play at uh, Frank Gore. And then um, last year, there were countless of times where Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and Frank Nilakina were thrown to the bench for players that are older players, not going to really do anything to get the Knicks out of this slump that they've been in for decades. Um, and they continue to get the playing time compared to them. But now it seems like their whole roster is filled with young players. There's some stat where their average player, their average um, age on that team, I don't remember. It was like lower 20s. So, I mean, that's obviously a good sign. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Emmanuel Quigley has um, really shown up this preseason. A lot of the Knicks young players have really done well. Um, Kevin Knox has been shooting threes lights out. Obi Toppin didn't really do much in this. He did. He impressed in the first game. But then after that, he's been mediocre. But I mean, he's a young player. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing Obi Toppin, um, Frank Nilakina. It'll be interesting to see. They didn't come to like an extension with him, and I think it passed the deadline. So he's going to become a free agent next season. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Um, it'll be interesting. Frank Nilakina will be. I don't know how much you really want to trust Frank Nilakina. I mean, maybe you want to give him the offense this season, see how he rolls with it. Um, but Kevin Knox, I'm excited to see if he can progress. Um, Emmanuel Quigley is turning into a player that seems really exciting, can shoot really well, like has like point barrages from time to time. And it's really fun to watch him, especially from a point guard position that the Knicks have struggled in for since like Lynn Sanity and that 17 game stretch or 17 day stretch. Um, speaking of Lynn Sanity, I mean, this is very minor, but it just came to my head. Jeremy Lynn, I think signed with the Warriors practice squad. Um, so that's interesting, but. Nothing really there. It just came into my head. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next. Um, I'm not expecting anything wonderful, um, but it will be fun to watch. Um, the one annoying thing is, like, basketball compared to all other sports, at least for me, like, I love hearing, like, the fans and everything, especially Madison Square Garden. I think I talked about this last week. But just even watching a game on TV and hearing Madison Square Garden, hearing how crazy they go when something exciting happens, like one of my favorite moments was when Christos had was like dunking all the time and like Madison Square Garden would go crazy every time he did it. And I loved watching that. And this season, obviously that's not going to happen. Maybe, maybe sometime in the future this season, maybe fans will be back a lot, but um, it's exciting to have a new sport and a sport where my team, at least now I'm not rooting for them to tank. Um, yeah. So that's all I have to say, Nick, anything else? basketball okay we're going to move on to baseball um some interesting things going on nothing really substantial in terms of moves and things like that um to really talk about it's been a lot of rumors i guess i'll start with the mets so the mets continue to be linked to george springer it seems like it's between the blue jays and the mets when it comes to the george springer sweepstakes it just makes sense for the Mets to sign George Springer at this point. Um, they need a center fielder. He's asking for a reasonable money in terms of his talent. Um, he's young enough that I'm willing to give him five years. I think it's like 125 or something. Um, 
So, yeah, he just makes sense. The Blue Jays seem to, like, just be on the Mets' tails with every single move. I guess the Blue Jays are looking to spend. Maybe they weren't hit by COVID as hard as other teams. But from Trevor Bauer, George Springer, J.T. Ramuto, James McCann even, the Blue Jays have been there, and it seems like that's the Mets' main um, competitor right now. Um, If I were George Springer, this is biased, but I want to go to the Mets compared to the Toronto Blue Jays. so that's really all I have to say about George Springer. I don't want to go into like how good he is because we talk about this every week, but he's just a perfect fit for the Mets and he continues to be linked to them. Um, next thing, DJ LeMahieu still hasn't signed with the Yankees. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what the Yankees are doing, if I'm being honest. Give him the Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he deserves it. It doesn't seem like the Yankees are really trying to do anything major this offseason. So if you let DJ LeMahieu walk, that's a huge part of your lineup that goes away. And I mean, the reports are right now that the, that the Mets and the Blue Jays are once again interested in DJ LeMayhew. Um, I mean, as a Mets fan, if the Mets pulled off DJ LeMayhew, took that away from Yankee fans, sorry, Nick, I'd be very happy about that. Um, I mean, DJ LeMayhew is such a talent. If if you could just imagine from a Mets perspective, having Jeff McNeil, DJ LeMayhew at the top of your lineup, like that's a crazy lineup. And then that sets you up with Pete Alonso, Dom Smith, all your power bats to – have a crazy lineup and I don't want it to just be Mets focused. We have a Mets podcast for that, but I mean, look, I'm a Mets fan. So I'm going to, I'm going to dream about those types of scenarios. Um, but yeah, it like looking at it from a baseball perspective, the, the Yankees have to go out and sign him. Um, if you're a Yankees fan, the Yankees don't go out and get, give DJ LeMahieu that money. You have to be pretty concerned about their money situation because DJ LeMahieu just seems like the perfect guy that the Yankees would want to have. Um, if I had to guess, I, I would still predict that he ends up with the Yankees. Um, but, I mean, I still don't understand why it hasn't happened yet. Maybe they're waiting for Dito LeMahieu's contracts to lessen, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Dito LeMahieu's such a talent. Um, next thing I want to talk about, so, listen, I'm not going to pronounce this name right, but Tamayuki Sugano, um, who's a Japanese player, has been – he's 31 years old, has – played outstanding um, in Japanese league, NPB. Um, I have his stats here from 2020. Um, through 137.1 innings, win-loss record of 14-2, and two, ERA of 1.97, 131 strikeouts, a whip of 0.89. I mean, all those stats are outstanding. Um, what he's looking in terms of a deal is two years, $24 million, So that's a cheap deal in terms of what this guy can bring to your team. Um, there's some weird situation in terms of that the team that signs him is going to have to pay whatever team he was on before, like 15% of the contract or something. I don't, I don't know exactly that it doesn't, I mean, in terms of how much money you're going to be spending on these players, it doesn't make that much big of a difference. Um, but if I'm a team that want that needs some pitching help, he's definitely someone you go after you go out and sign I mean, he's I I would put money in him compared to someone like Jake Odorizzi or even Masahiro Tanaka. He's 31 years old and not asking for a lot of money, and he seems like a perfect fit. And once again, I'm going to bring it to a Mets perspective. I mean, the Mets have been linked to Trevor Bauer again, um, as they continue to be. But if I'm the Mets, like I'd rather put money into Sugano compared to Bauer, who's 
Bauer is asking for a lot of money, as he should. I mean, Cy Young award winner, you're going to get a lot of money. Um, but signing Sugano could be even better than signing Trevor Bauer. You're getting him for much less. That gives you money to go out and extend people like Michael Conforto and other people that need extensions in the future. Gives them more money to go sign bullpen arms. I mean, I think it's a perfect situation for the Mets to go out and get him. And there's been reports that the Mets are interested um, and have as good of a chance as anyone to land him. So the Mets past years haven't put a lot of um, haven't put a lot of faith into international players in terms of. I mean, there is Masahiro Tanaka a while back. He signed with the Yankees. Obviously, there is uh, Guriel a couple years back and the Mets haven't put a lot of thought into those players. I don't think, and maybe now with new ownership, they will be. So something to look for, not even if you're a Mets fan, but if all other teams as well. Um, Okay. Next thing I want to talk about sunny gray rumors continue. The Reds seem to be one of the harder hit teams in terms of money situation. I think the Phillies are the worst, but the Reds are probably up there as well. They continue to put players on the trading block. They continue to put trader players on the trading block. there's not much to say with Sonny Gray. We talked about it a lot last week, but the new, the newer person that's been put on the trading block is Luis Castillo. He's probably more of a better pros- prospect. Prospects a different word, the wrong word, but more of a better um, talent compared to Sonny Gray in terms of how old they are and the possible ceiling for him. Luis Castillo is only 28 years old. He's coming off of. I mean, just the stats, 2017, 312 ERA, 2018, 430 ERA. Obviously, that's that's his worst year, 2019, 340 ERA, 2020, 321 ERA. And I'm, I mean, I know there's other stats to look into, but Luis Castillo is um, another player that has been very good as a starting pitcher. And if you're a team that needs a starting pitcher, you should definitely look into trading for Luis Castillo because it doesn't seem like the Reds are really asking for all that much. And if you have enough money to go out and not, if you have enough prospects to go out and sign, get someone like Luis Castillo, that makes a lot more sense than spending lots of money on someone like Trevor Bauer. The last thing really short, Howie Kendrick retired. Um, I mean, he's, he, in recent memory, he was the MVP for the nationals in 2019 world series. Um, He's been a great player. He's hurt the Mets a lot, um, but I mean, not much more to say. He retired, and that's basically it for the baseball section. Looks like we have some college stuff to talk about. Yep, so a little bit of college stuff. Uh, just going through the college football playoffs, teams were announced. Um, so it's going to be uh, – I forget who was where. Um, I think it's Alabama at one. Um, I think it was Clemson two. Uh, Notre Dame three. And then um, – and then Ohio State four. No, 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 Notre Dame four, Ohio State three. I don't know why I'm bugging. Um, so it's going to be obviously first round Alabama versus is uh, Notre Dame. Pretty much going to be a blowout in my opinion. I don't think Notre Dame stands much of a shot. Ohio State versus Clemson. Uh, it's going to be a pretty good game there. Uh, per always, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are in. And the four spots always a, is pretty much a mix up. Last year was LSU. Obviously they didn't do as well this year. Um, you know, I don't think Notre Dame really deserved the spot, in my opinion, after getting blown out by a healthy Clemson team. Um, not the Texas A&M, uh, Florida really should have had the spot, but they kind of blew it by the, the shoe uh, incident. 
Uh, they kind of blew the game against LSU, so they should have the spot. But, um, you know, I expect – if I had a guess right now, it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, uh, college football championship. And then from there, I couldn't tell you who it was. You know, I really like Clemson this year. You know, Trevor Lawrence is, is really – it's really spectacular. So I just, I really expected the Clemson to win it again this year, but, and then college basketball side of things, new AP top 25 list came out uh, yesterday. Um, just going through the top 10, Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, Iowa, Villanova, Houston, West Virginia, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Texas, and that order Rutgers falling right outside of 11. Uh, pretty spectacular. You see Rutgers back in there. Um, I got to say this Gonzaga team is, is spectacular. Uh, they are the clear favorite to win the national championship at this point, and I don't think it's close. Uh, Gonzaga, they're 5-0, and and I think out of the five games, I think it's either three or four games, they've played a top-10 team and beat them. That That is impressive, I have to say. Uh, they are playing incredible. They are by far the best team in the nation, um, and that's coming from a person that goes to Villanova and wants Villanova to be there. Uh, I guess they could, nobody could touch Gonzaga. They are that good. Um, if, if they don't win the national championship this year, uh, especially when you think about, obviously, the rest of their schedule, right? They're coming out of the non-conference games. They're going to play conference games. We all know how bad their conference is. Uh, they're pretty much going to go likely undefeated this season, barring a somewhat of an, an upset somewhere. Um, and then come March Madness, they're just going to be absolute dominant teams. Uh, wow. Uh, they, I could not talk about how good how good they are, but they, they are going to put up such a fight. You know, they beat Iowa by 10. Garza's been killing it. Uh, and they beat Iowa by over 10. I don't know. This, this Gonzaga team is really incredible. That's, that's about all I got to say about college basketball. Um, with that being said, uh, a little bit of a rush podcast this week because both me and Brian are busy. Obviously, no one else is on the podcast. Max and Ian didn't make an appearance. That's the holidays. Hope you guys enjoy your holidays. I got to run really soon. So does Brian. Um, other than that, you know, I don't have much to say. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to leave them at my email, NicholasWormer10 at yahoo.com. Uh, again, have a great week. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I don't know. Is Hanukkah still happening? Or is it towards the end, right? Yeah, it, it ended. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I knew it was either towards the end or it ended. Um, but Christmas is right around the corner. So happy Christmas. And then I think there's Kwanzaa that happens at some point. Yeah, I don't know when. Happy Kwanzaa, whoever celebrates Kwanzaa. <laughs> I don't know anybody that celebrates Kwanzaa. But um, if you do, happy Kwanzaa. Uh, with that being said, hand it over to Brian. See you guys next week. All right. Um, yeah. We had to do a little quicker of a podcast. Um, it's a busy time. So let us know what you thought of this. We'll be back next week. Um, if you have any comments, you can DM us, email us, whatever you want to do. Check out our videos on YouTube. Um, anything else, TikTok, Instagram, website, all that stuff. If you have any interest in writing for us, editing videos, any way you think could help, contact the sport, universe2019 at gmail.com. Other than that, thanks for listening.